0: And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. I am delighted to be joined by James Berkeley today. James is the Director of Business Development and Partnerships Manager over at JB Sales. He helps sales professionals develop their skills, providing tactics, tips, and structure that yields immediate results for those wanting to improve their sales. James, a very warm welcome today, sir. How are you doing?
1: I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me, man. I'm really excited.
0: No worries, dude. Really looking forward to chatting today. Um, is this is going to be a refreshing conversation as we're going to be talking all things 2021. But before we get into that, we're going to recap 20, 2020 as an overview in terms of what worked for sales, what we learned and how far things have come in the way of sales in the way of business and how we've done business. And then we're going to dive into what we predict is going to be the, the way to go when it comes to sales in terms of technologies to use, ways yeah. to reach out to prospective customers and all that good stuff. Um, so as a starting point, James, I'd love to hear kind of a, a summary of, of how you feel 2020 has been from, from your side of things when it comes to sales, when it comes to generating business and your thoughts.
1: Yeah, so the probably the number one trend that I've seen through 2021 is this focus on quality and less quantity. And I think that is uh, a shift that Gen Xers and older have kind of had to make. And I see this as a generational gap because most people that fall into Gen X or older tend to play the volume game pretty commonly, which is why a lot of coaching sessions are focused on like metrics and KPIs instead of, you know, things that worked and other stuff like that. So so what I'm seeing is this step back in how much can we do? And then I'm seeing a more of a focus in 2020 throughout the year. Yeah. What are we, what are we really doing here? Can we step up the quality game? And how are we doing it and can we repeat it? Like that's that's become such a huge focus in 2020. And I'm excited to see how that carries over and translates into what's happening in 2021. There's so much that is going to be different.
0: Yeah, and I know before we hit record, you said that's what you guys over at JB Sales have been focusing on more of a quality game um, than going for quantity in terms of the customers and who you're targeting. So, could we dive in into that in a bit more depth, James? What you mean by quality is that does yeah. I mean in Matt mind in my mind anyway that think comes to things like thinking about taking on less clients and more high value ticket or high ticket um, clients, yeah. perhaps on focusing on delivering a better overall service. But how do you see that, James?
1: the customer experience overall has been a huge point of focus for us. Like one of the things that emerged in 2020 that I don't think anybody saw coming was this focus on customer success. Mm. And that became this whole, like, it's not, it's not about just holding somebody's hand and getting them to adopt your product, right? Mm -hmm. Customer success has opportunities to cross sell, upsell, add value, uh, you know, build those relationships so that renewals stay consistent Um, You know, offer new products, new partnerships, things that most customers tend to be a little bit, you know, apprehensive about when it's cold, but when they already have the relationship, customer success has this ability to sell. So what we've been looking at is the language that we use in sales. I think we view custom, we view customization and personalization a little bit different now. There's also this timeliness factor and this relevance factor That wasn't necessarily such a huge focus before 2020. And now it's become probably the most important focus. I think John and Morgan have had many conversations where they'll say, if I have to choose between relevance and personalization, I'm going to choose relevance because the personalization part is kind of something that everybody is expecting to be the standard at this point. So Mm. now, so now, instead of looking at things like, and this is, you know, again, dating Going back to that generational gap, right? Uh, When someone used our first name, when someone used our title, when somebody pulled in things from our job descriptions, we used to think to ourselves, "Oh my gosh, this person personalized this message for me." When in reality, they were just other merge fields, right? Like we all, we all, we all know about merge fields now. So things have changed so much in how we view personalization, which is why relevance and timeliness are going to become the trend needed to be successful in 2021.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And on that, you raised an interesting topic there. So talking about things like customer success, which it sounds like you've been working on, working on cross sales, working on upsells. Is there any particular nuggets that you could share with us that perhaps people don't consider when they're looking to, to look after their own clients and making sure that we're one servicing them to the best of our ability, making sure they're of course happy with us and they become sticky clients. So we don't have to worry about them perhaps only doing their six months or twelve month contract and then perhaps looking elsewhere. Any any ways that you've managed to, to keep your customers real, real happy. So and-
1: I I I instead of instead of asserting myself as an expert in this field, what I will do is tell you to follow the person that's influenced me most in this realm, just watching her work, is Meg Holsinger, Megan Holsinger our cool. customer success director at JB sales. Mm. I, I think she came in with this customer success mentality and ended up crossbreeding it with the sales mentality. Yeah. And now we're starting like, I believe that she will be one of the ones to watch in 2021 from a content perspective, but also from a value perspective and how you can not only win a customer, but keep a customer and continue to drive value for them so that, they're consistently putting money in your bank account. I feel like that makes the most sense. Like it's not enough to win anymore. We have to figure out what happens after somebody buys. If that Definitely. experience is lousy, you're not going to keep that customer.
0: Completely agree. And um, no, that's that's cool, man. I appreciate the recommendation. We're actually getting Meg on in a few weeks time so we can talk all things customer service with her and have a good Incredible chat. Incredible lady. Sort of I
1: have learned so much.
0: <laughs> good. Good. So yeah, relevance, personalization. Are there any other things that you think were were quite pivotal, quite key in the last year or so that you found have really worked in in terms of your sales, your own business development, James?
1: Absolutely. Look around you, your setting, the way that you present yourself online, your world that people come into when they join your calls has been a Mm. focus in 2020. Nobody ever thought that they were going to lose the ability to take a prospect out to dinner or show up at a coffee shop and have a drink with them, show up at a bar after hours and have beers. Nobody ever thought that that was going to be something that got ripped away from us in the sales world, but here we are and being able to present your environment, if you will, like mine is, mine is changing right now. I'm building a consistent environment. You can see my bare walls and the temporary setup that I've got here. All of this will change soon because it's got to reflect who I am and get a very warm and inviting feeling for people that join my calls and join my live sessions and things like that. So I think that's become a focus that we never saw coming that will remain a focus through 2021. How are you building your environment to be conducive to your selling?
0: Yeah. 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 I don't think that I've would, would have predicted that I was going to have half as many zoom calls, Skype calls, video calls, just like this, that Nobody I don't did. think anyone, anyone saw that coming. So yeah, exactly right. And I think it's, Taking that a step further that I've seen in a lot of videos now, um, James, that you may or may not agree with, is it looks like you've spiced up your setting. So for anyone watching on video, James has got a, a, a few nice things in his background there. So I think considering not just making sure now that you've got a decent video and half decent microphone, but also making sure that your setup looks half credible. So not that you've just woken up in your <laughs> in your dressing gown and you're still bleary eyed and you've perhaps got a, a few beers on your desk. So making sure your background looks half presentable, yeah, is, um, there's, yeah. There's a, a lot of you
1: said for the the setting around you. I need a plant, you know, maybe a bookshelf. There's <laughs> a lot of things that have to change. What's through those doors, right? There's some stuff coming. So you know, got to be ready for it, and you got to improve it so that people feel comfortable in your environment when they speak to you.
0: Mm, mm. And just to to touch a bit more on the relevance and personalization things, is there any any particular things you've had success with, James, on that front that have worked? for the last 12 months or so for yourself or maybe your team?
1: Yeah, sure. So one of the things that I picked up on that I think we're all guilty of is that we do this thing where we talk about somebody in a personal way and then there's this really disjointed, hard pitch to our product and I think tying the personalization to the relevance and the value is super important. John will often use this example that people do to him where they'll say, I see you went to the University of Maryland. And then they're like, so we have this data tool, right? Like, there's uh-huh. no, That's yeah. completely disconnected and they're disjointed. And I think I was guilty of that for a long time before I called caught attention to it, you know, not largely due to what I've learned this year under John and Morgan and Matt. Yep. But yeah, I mean, just... I I try to avoid that. So tie, what I found is helping is to tie that personalization to the relevance. And that's a deadly combination for a high response rate.
0: Okay. And are there any particular ways you've, you've used, so like you say, James, it's some of these times, even when people are reaching out to me on LinkedIn, um, with cold messages, sometimes I can literally see that a bot's done it. So they're like, Sam, I can see you work at web choice. Yeah. So they've just literally ripped the company name that's on my LinkedIn profile. How would you like to discuss XYZ, software solution, CRM, whatever it may be? It's like, no, yeah. dude, I get about 10 messages of those a day. How I, how have you found to step that up a notch that, that kind of works for you? So here's a better way.
1: Instead of instead of using that kind of automation, I will often send something I read that's relevant to them and I'll mm. say, there's a specific part in here if you look at the third paragraph that is specifically about what you do for a living every day. And I think it's relevant. I'd like to talk with you about that particular paragraph when you get yeah. some time. Instead of saying, can I have 15 minutes of your time to tell you more or you know that standard ask for time, saying yeah. I want to talk about this specific thing because I can tie it back to this value that I have. And then asking the question of does this interest you is way more easy for them to respond back to then can I have 15 minutes of your time that's too bold a step too soon
0: cool okay well that makes sense and I think you've had quite a bit of success with video right James I think we were talking about it we touched on it a little bit before record obviously you've got you're telling us you have, you've got a nice farm set up where where you're based so you've got some beautiful scenery around but it, it sounds like video is working pretty well is that something you use in your outreach or is that mainly for the content that you put out on LinkedIn to talk about various things
1: It's both actually. And I feel Mm. like there's a a tie-in here to familiarity, right? I live in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. I live in a small town called Maryville, and all surrounded or all around me are mountaintops or or what I call mountaintops. Obviously, the Smoky Mountains are not, you know, the Mount Rainiers of the world, but you know, you understand what I'm saying. I constantly have this beautiful background to use in my content. And then at the same time, I can use that same background or the the environment I've built here. To create video in my prospecting, and I have found great success in sending clearly personalized, less than one minute videos to prospects, even at the enterprise level. In fact, especially at the enterprise level, because they yep. so rarely get outreach that is authentic and clearly made for them. They more likely get the inbox automation that we also dread when we get into our office. <laughs> and I, I have this whole thing I do about the way we all start our day that's relevant to that, but, you know, we can do that another time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you say, we've touched on it before on the show, but it's almost a pattern interrupt, isn't it? Because most of us are so used to getting the classic automated messages, whether it's email, whether it's LinkedIn, just generic junk that's got no real thought into it. When you get a nice video, perhaps in a personalized outside, outdoor background like yourself or wherever you may be, it, it interrupts what you're used to. And it's actually someone.
1: Go ahead. Uh, Yeah. No, I think think buyers, I think buyers are hypersensitive to automation in general now because it's become so commonplace that we can spot it. So here's the mentality now it used to be do you think this is automated? But now, if it could have been automated, we immediately, our brains immediately default to it is automated. Hmm. Because if I can't pick out anything in that message, no matter where I'm reading it, that literally is unable to be personalized, I have a hard time believing it wasn't written by an AI, a bot or pre-written, and then put into a cadence of some kind. Not that that's a bad thing. There's a time and place for all that stuff. There's no, like, we're not poo-pooing on automation here. I think what we're doing is raising up the need for quality outreach and personalization and relevance and timeliness. Uh, and using your automation to foster those things and harness them that is the true need for that harmony
0: love that love that okay dude well we've we've had a quick recap of 2020 yeah moving on to the year ahead that at the time of recording this we are christmas eve eve obviously the show will go out a bit later but we always record live um so very nearly christmas very very near 2021 what do you think is going to change, James, first and foremost? How do you think the way we do business, the way we the way we sell, the way we reach out, and the way we, we bring business, bring deals to the table, yeah. do you think it's going to change a lot? Is it going to be much the same as what we've just talked about, or what do you see coming?
1: I believe that it has no choice but to change. If 2020 has taught us nothing else, it's that 2021 has got to be the most creative year when it comes to making an impact and driving response in your messaging or your sales practices of any kind. Um, so here's some things that I think are we're like, we're watching these things change right now. Uh, so the first one to talk about right out the bet, right out of the gate
0: mm-hmm. is
1: that the role of the SDR is changing dramatically.
0: Right. Where okay. it
1: used to be quite KPI and metric and cold call focused. It's becoming much more well-rounded at this point where SDRs are doing things like what you're doing here, creating podcasts, SDRs are becoming blog writers and internet personalities, influencers and thought leaders, if you will. And they're wanting to remain in the role, which is unusual. What Mm. happens is I think they naturally gravitate towards becoming a full cycle sales rep over the course of their two, three year stint as an SDR that is well-rounded and omnipresent and creating a brand unto themselves. That is changing so quickly because we've all had to lean on other avenues to generate conversation. So I think the role of the SDR is changing. And at the same time, we're moving back to full cycle sales. Can you prospect? Can you identify? Can you qualify? Can you discover? Can you close? And I'm excited to see where that leads us as an industry
0: yeah 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 I mean I'm a huge fan of, of full cycle selling as I've pretty much done a jack of all trades that regular listeners would know so I've done been an SDR been a business development rep, been a sales manager and now Co- web choice as a, as a digital marketing co yeah. but that that to one side it sounds like you're you're very of, of a very similar mindset to me, James and the fact that I strongly believe and I've talked about this on quite a few other podcasts that salespeople, business owners, Doesn't matter if you run a business or if you're selling for a business, you need to be creating content as a differentiator. Because if you're just relying on the tactics that worked before and years gone past, whether that's cold calling, whether that's cold email, any kinds of traditional outreach, you're going to be replaced by some kind of AI technology, some kind of robot. If you're not having this differentiator, Um, whether it's like you mentioned, creating having your own podcast, your own blog, your own unique kind of copy where you put your spin on things, and I guess another way to get in front of your ideal prospects, right? Um, then you could be replaced. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I, that's why the skill set separation has to be there. And that's one of the reasons why we believe that the new the new way that we've decided to go to market for the frontline sales reps is John Barrows On Demand. So you've hmm. seen JB Sales On Demand. If you haven't, feel free to go check it out. It's ondemand.jbarrows.com. We'll, I'll send you the link. We'll put it in the in the the follow up here for everyone. Sure that's thing. Uh, but that particular platform fosters this full cycle sales rep. You have to know how to prospect. If you, like there's this, so there's this breaking point that happened in 2020, where SDRs finally realized that just because they're going to become an account executive doesn't mean they don't have to prospect anymore. (laughs) Uh And I think that happened because many reps were expecting to become an AE through 2020. And it didn't happen because business took a dive. Everybody slowed down. Everything shrank. The Mm. importance of one thing just disappeared overnight and something else came into focus as the immediate priority. And it wasn't your transition to account executive, right? yeah, Yeah, yeah. something totally different so that we could all stay employed. So there's this like disconnect that was happening where AEs were saying, you know, I'm just gonna let marketing do their job and I'm gonna reach out to things they send me that are hand raisers. And those are gonna be the deals I work. Things that get sent to SDRs, from SDRs, things that are, you know, downloads of white papers, like those are kind of secondary for me. Now it became this like free for all and you need all those skills if you are going to survive through 2021, because having all the skills, being able to prospect, being able to negotiate, being able to close, being able to build your brand, being able to social sell, being able to cold call. You need all of those skills to make it through 2021 and be profitable. That is the key word there, profitable. It's totally different if you cover your nut and even out at the end of the year versus someone that made your company money, those are the people that will still be standing at the end of 2021, which will not be easier than 2020. I think there's a common misunderstanding about what's coming. This will not be an easy year just because it's not 2020 anymore, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and I'm enjoying this, dude. So no, I love what you're saying there. And I love the fact that you're saying, basically, it sounds like salespeople, business owners need to use all the tools available to their toolkit. So you need to look at social selling. You need to look at LinkedIn if you're B2B or perhaps Instagram, Facebook if you're B2C. You need to look at ways to stand out, ways to create content, ways to reach out to more of your prospects or be in be front of mind with your prospects, whether that's podcasting, whether that's doing live interviews like we're doing now, whether that's creating blogs or putting out posts through social media. So obviously continuing the traditional tasks as well, I guess. So whether that's cold outreach via email um, and calls. Business Growth Show is sponsored by Vidyard. Tommy was tired of cold calling and emailing his prospects and getting little to no response. He signed up for a free Vidyard account, allowing him to send personalized video emails and messages to his leads and contacts and saw results almost immediately. People loved the personalized approach and the fact he took the time to send a custom video explaining his offer and his solution. And as a result, he stood out from his competitors filled his calendar with quality appointments, and smashed his sales targets. Sign up for your free Vidyard account today at vidyard.com forward slash BGS. That's vidyard.com forward slash BGS. The show is also sponsored by Web Choice. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. What are your thoughts, James? Should we be trying to do all of it at once and almost overwhelm us, or should we just go all in after testing a few channels out on what really works? Um, what do you tend to recommend when you're teaching reps?
1: So teaching reps, teaching reps to be omni-channel is something that I talk about all the time. And I think it's necessary. And we've been down this path quite a bit this year on my calls of like, what's the language differentials between a, a Twitter and Instagram, a Snapchat, uh, <laughs> but an, an email, a cold call, like how do I tie all these things together? so that I'm not an obnoxious salesperson and I'm somebody that can be viewed as valuable for my prospects. Um, but the, the avenues of connection have to be a focus for us coming down the pipe here. There's no avoiding the fact that you can't. So, so I don't know if you remember, but there was a platform before Facebook called MySpace that was really popular.
0: I (laughs) do, which show (laughs) my age.
1: So, so MySpace, used to be this black hole that employees that worked in technology would dive into and they would spend hours on MySpace. And yeah. I remember my boss at the University of Miami would catch his his people, us, on MySpace and he would come up to our desk and be like, hey, turn that off. I don't pay you to be on MySpace, right? <laughs> like that in 2021, you better believe that your boss is gonna be encouraging you to be on Twitter and on Instagram and on Snapchat and all these other, <laughs> and on TikTok, right? Like all these other places, putting your content out and driving connection because connection mm-hmm. in, in 2021 will be where everything has to start. You've got to be credible to earn a conversation and that's gonna to have to start happening.
0: Yeah, no, real real nice points man, I like that. Um. Okay, so the role of the sales, SDR sales rep is going to change. We they need to be considering going full cycle, utilizing all these channels we've just mentioned. Any other predictions? Any any other changes, James, in mind?
1: I I believe that entrepreneurs, CEOs, decision makers are going to be much more open to ideas from the front lines for new mm. avenues of revenue. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, partnerships are. Done to death, people are always looking at partnerships in a specific light. I think if we're real clear about that, you can drive great business with the right partners. Uh, You know, being the partner manager at JB Sales, you know, it's a lot of just upfront conversation. Here's what we expect. Here's what you expect. Great, can we meet somewhere? Let's find this way and make it happen. Uh, And shows and creative content is what picks people's attention up and causes them to go find you and connect with you. And that always should lead to a conversation. And that very linear connection between seller and buyer is going to be highlighted through 2021. I want to see like all the stories of people that connected on Twitter and closed six-figure deals because they got into this meme war with someone (laughs) You know, like, I feel like that's a good way to build rapport, a good way to get credibility, a good way to be meaningful, and a good way for people to feel comfortable talking to you. Man, how how enlightening has it been in 2020 for you to see the difference in the way people approach you and talk to you? There's no time to waste now. So the nicety of sales is fading away. So we have to find other ways other than saying, I hope you and your family are safe during this time, unprecedented time, that, that, that stuff is so meaningless. We've, we've discredited and devalued all that. Mm. So okay. being able to connect with someone online and build that credibility is, it has to, it has to start happening.
0: Sure. Um. So, so you look after partnerships over at JB sales as, as one of your roles, James, and you mentioned a good point there that, that, People that are part of the team need to be coming to the to entrepreneurs, to their CEOs, or perhaps the management with their own ideas right. to help drive revenue, help, help grow business. In terms of partnerships, is there anything we should be thinking about that perhaps businesses, perhaps salespeople aren't aren't considering right now, how they can grow their own partnerships? So by that, are we talking about partnering with similar companies? Are we part, talking about partnering with perhaps businesses that could pass us? potential work, potential customers, potential clients, or are we talking about more along the content creation route or what, what would you advise along that, that type of thing, James?
1: Well, you know, I think we're seeing it happen already with all the acquisitions and rollups. I mean, let's, let's call attention to the most recent one that was pretty staggering Salesforce purchased Slack at $27 billion. You know, that's a value add to their platform that's undeniable. We want to own this. We want to invest here. We want to see this company become part of our company, join the culture. You know, that's such a cultural collaboration that I think we're going to see more of. It's not like they removed a competitor off the board by buying them out, which is what we often see. Right, we're going to absorb this other company because they're a player in the space, and we want their market share. Very common. Instead, this was a value add purchase, and I think that's what we're we're going to see. Uh, earlier, I think I I want to say it was after, late 2019. It was Salesloft that purchased Costello. Okay, you know, that that's the same kind of acquisition there, right? The same kind of value add decision. I'd like to see more of that. And I think we will in 2021.
0: Cool, man. And are there any potential hurdles that you can foresee that we need to be aware of? I mean, one that comes to my mind straight away is everyone's got Zoom, video calls, Skype fatigue right now. So yeah. when you're just doing the classic and your outreach, a cold cold outreach, or however you're, you're going about your prospecting to generate meetings or appointments, no one wants another Zoom call for the sake of it, do they really? So if you can keep your, your messages, your outreach to the point, And rather than saying, can I grab 15 minutes for a meeting? Can you say, look, you're open to learning more. Is this something that makes sense to discuss? So rather than just going for that meeting, no one wants another Zoom meeting for the sake of it, do they? So I think that's definitely one that comes to my mind. But are there any hurdles that you think, James, or perhaps a way to overcome my objection that I've just put in your your face there?
1: Oh, I love that one. All right. So this is what's been working for me. I'm excited to share this one with you. And I don't know why I didn't share it earlier, but your question (laughs) definitely triggered it. So here's what I'm having success with. A lot of people come at you and ask you for time. You really want that call. That call, the phone call, is totally different than Zoom. It's like a break. You can get up and walk around and have the call. It's a break for you. It will stimulate that part of your brain that's fatigued from the Zoom calls. So instead of being like, let's put some time on the calendar, anytime somebody wants your time, I've had success with being like, here's my cell. Call me. I'm free for the next 15 minutes. Okay. Then they're calling me instead of me cold calling them. And that works. You'd be amazed at how many people pick up the phone and dial my phone number and they're like, This is awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> even if they don't that's do what it, makes it even if they don't do it in 15 minutes, they do it later or they call and I answer at like six o'clock at night, and I'm like, oh man, we missed our window. It's six o'clock. When Are you free tomorrow? Let's I'll put it on the calendar and we'll actually call. Is this your cell? Let me save it in my phone so that I have you in my phone. It's amazing to me the way that this creates a, a really human connection. Uh, and all you've done is just made yourself available to them and be like, I'm free for the next 15 minutes. Here's my direct dial. Instead of you trying to hunt them down. Yeah, it's like this is you really want to talk about this? Here's my here's my info. Right, dial my number, I'll talk about it with you. So that like that's like a form of cold calls, like reverse cold calling,
0: (laughs) That is like reverse cold calling. I like that. It's (laughs) definitely definitely a pattern interrupt because I I for one haven't seen that. Yeah, uh, it
1: It works.
0: (laughs) James has got a nice ninja hack for anyone wanting to to up their meeting rate. And I'm probably gonna try that myself, I think. Cool, man. (laughs) And any any other ideas on what might be a potential hurdle or what you've seen that's, that's, that's perhaps getting tougher and tougher to do when it comes to not necessarily prospecting, perhaps getting deals over the line or anything in, in terms of the sales cycle?
1: Consistency will be the hurdle uh, in 2021. I, th- I think for the last three years, I've seen the same thing. Every January, I see new content creators. You know, they come out yeah. weekly. You know, twice mm. a week sometimes. And they're hard with it. Walk and talks, you know, 30 minute clips. What do I want to talk about? You know, some of them talk about their products. Others don't. By March, those those people, 90% of them just disappear. Consistency. Right. Consistency will need to be there through 2021 if you're building more, if you want to be more than just a sales rep. Mm. consistency will need to be there. So, and you know, nobody got into sales and was like, geez, I can't wait to dance for my dinner every month for the rest <laughs> of my life. Right. We all want bigger and better. And you're going to have to get there by being consistent. So I've, I see consistency being an enormous thing, a hurdle to overcome in 2021. It's going to be a lot of distractions. New stuff is happening. You got to find your way. Right. So be consistent and you'll find your way.
0: And it's tough, right? Isn't it, James? Being consistent. So I can say, like this podcast, we've been running almost a year now. So we started it back in January of 2020 when it was just an idea in my mind and something I thought would be fun to do. Over time, we've we built a great audience. We've managed to to get some sponsors. so We've been really fortunate in what we've we've achieved. But it's not easy. I mean, it it took a lot of dedication. There was times where I thought this is taking a lot of my time. So we've had to employ someone to help with production. Um, We've had to manage time between the family and the kids and all that good stuff. So as you say, you need to commit. You need to be consistent. And then on top of that, we're running web choice, we're running a digital marketing co. So managing various things as a sales professional is not easy. And you need to keep your eyes on the prize, which is of course, if you've got a sales target, a revenue target that might enable you to get bonuses, might enable you to get that that house you're after, or that holiday you're after, whatever it is you want to achieve in your life or your goals. Um, any tips around that, James, in terms of how we can keep motivated, keep things consistent. So we don't just be a one trick pony, perhaps post on LinkedIn for a week and then forget about it, or perhaps do a few emails, do a few cold outreaches and then go to sleep because we can't be bothered.
1: So you, you used a magic sentence in there that uh, always catches my attention. And you know, you said, you said it isn't going to be easy. And I, I always look for those types of sentences because I always point this out. It's, it's not supposed to be easy, but it is supposed to be fun. And that's my tip to stay motivated and stay positive is that remember to have fun with the job. It's supposed to be a good time. If you're not having a fun selling to somebody, that person that's buying from you is probably not having fun buying from you. And when you can make the purchase process as fun as the delivery and the product and everything else and everything about what you're doing says, man, this is just such a, a pleasure to go through this with you. What you've done there is you've provided a customer experience for somebody that creates loyalty, that creates value, and that consistently drives them to do better, be better, grow further. And when you can focus on the fun part, all that other stuff comes quite easily. And that's the stuff we're striving for so hard with all of our professional effort that could be gained simply by taking a step back and realizing, this is supposed to be a good time. If you're not having fun doing this job, go do something else.
0: <laughs> so good. So good. Um, completely love that. Completely agree. And do you think, in your opinion anyway, James, does that come down to actually being passionate about the product or service you offer? Does it come down to being passionate or service at least about the outcomes that it provides for your end customers? Um, Or is it just a case of even if you maybe don't enjoy the product, or you don't enjoy the outcomes, you are so focused on hitting your targets or, or something like that?
1: I, You know, passion is such a big part of having a good time with something. I think it's necessary. But I think passion about your company, your product, your service, your customer, your client, your prospect, passion about all those things is a collaborative effort. And you have to have all of them. You can't, if one isn't there and it shows, you could lose the deal. Mm. So it doesn't matter where you're. you're you want to put that passion. Have you have to work towards that overall encompassing passion for what you do and why you do it. Um, there's a lot of great products out there that are being sold by people that are just not passionate about it. You know, those people have buyers too. Like everybody, everybody can find that person that likes to buy from their personality. I I talk about this all the time in the one-on-one calls where I say to people. Hey man, uh, have you ever met somebody that you've, you shook their hand and you were like, oh, I really like that person. You don't know why and you, they just, you like them. And then you meet somebody and you're like, I can't stand that <laughs> person. Right. Like we all have those people, that yeah. meet, personalities that we gravitate towards and the personalities that we kind of try to avoid buying and selling is the same. You know, it's like a dog approaching a cat. Is this my, is this good? Is this, I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe. <laughs> so you have to, weighed those waters really well and and yeah i'm excited to like see where all of this goes through the year because i think it's becoming more of a focus and that's my favorite stuff in the world is like the psychology behind it
0: (laughs) i think that's a really good good place to end i mean certainly have fun with it because if you're not what firstly why are you doing it secondly how are you gonna it's it's gonna rub off on your customers so if your prospects your customers that you're speaking to can sense that what you're putting how you're come across how many you're coming across isn't genuine you're not passionate about what you do so that's going to rub off on your tone the way you come across if it's on video call if it's on phone call the way where you sound and then ultimately are you really going to hit your targets consistently if you're not passionate about at least what you do or the outcomes Um, there's there's no real longevity awesome james look i want to thank you very much for your time sir yeah. this has been a truly enjoyable conversation i and appreciate we'll-
1: your time thank you so much for having me on
0: no worries, dude. We'll have to have you back on in the new year 2021 at some stage and come up with a fresh fresh plan. Um, but Until then, James, please do tell us more about how people can learn from you, how people can connect with you and oh, the man. best way to get in touch.
1: Yes. So I have so many things to tell you guys to go follow. First of all, definitely check out ondemand.jbarrows.com to subscribe for JB Sales On Demand. That's all of our training wrapped up in a pretty package for your frontline use. Uh, and then I also want to tell you to you can Google say what sales hashtag say what sales. That's my personal brand. You'll find me on Instagram and all the other social platforms. I love LinkedIn. It's probably my most valuable network. Uh reach out to me via email, james at jbarrows.com, and follow our new JB Sales Training Instagram page at JB Sales Training, all one word. That's where we're dropping consistent sales fire for you to pick up and take actionable things back to your desk the next day.
0: Awesome, man. Awesome stuff. So all, all the information on today's show will be available on businessgrowth.marketing. That's businessgrowth.marketing. And I want to thank you once again, James. Really appreciate it, man.
1: That's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the time.
0: Cheers, dude. And if you enjoy the show, be sure to hit subscribe for Business Growth Show, wherever the heck you get your podcast from. We interview business leaders each and every week to provide you with actionable tips to grow your business, grow your sales, and make best use of marketing. And I want to thank you for tuning in.